Welcome to another series of Wheeling in the Years. Great to be back and looking forward to chatting to some Dublin greats in the months ahead. Today I'm joined by a man who has recently hung up the boots. Hung up the boots with a massive medal haul of five All-Irelands, four National Leagues and a bag full of Leinsters. What is really unique and something I do not think they'll be ever achieved again is he won all five, five All-Irelands in his 30s. Incredible stuff. A big welcome to Dennis Bastic. Thanks very Great much. Great to have you, Dennis. Uh, so I suppose the first question, how's retirement? Uh, it's all new. It's all new. Still adjusting. Uh, big change, obviously, to your day-to-day life, but um, so far, so good. Yeah, you you must, must have to paint yourselves at, at times, do you, you know, to five All-Irelands in your 30s. It is, it is quite unique. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Has, has it been done before? I'm not sure by anyone. Um, obviously, probably have to go back a few years, but... Look, I haven't, I suppose, sat back and really thought much about it just yet because it's all so fresh and new. But look, uh, yeah, I'm definitely very proud of how how it all worked out. Yeah, like it's, it's certainly, I don't think it's something that's going to be done again. I, yeah. uh, you know, in the modern day, you look at the lifespan yeah. in inter-county football. Uh, a footballer, you know, it's it's an incredible feat. Which one stands out the most, I suppose, for you? Look, which one gives you that shiver down your spine? I don't know. You? Look, they, they all have they all have different meanings, definitely, and I and I played different roles in in each of them. But obviously, the, that first one there, after uh, trying knocking on the door for so long, and the big gap, you know, that definitely, you know, the standout memory is 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 that first one, you know, and and the way the the city and the crowd and and the celebrations afterwards are just yeah, I don't think we'll ever see the likes again of that one. And it, like it, looking at that, how do you feel like when you when you go back and you say yeah, that was the first one and. Mm. You know, then the fifth one was f- was last year. The wave of emotion within Dublin, have you seen it kind of Totally, decline? yeah, totally. And, and the demand for the cup. And, and, you know, when people say, oh, we've seen that already, you know, and different things like that. And, you know, it's definitely, but that's a, that's a good place to be for the for the team, you know, for the, to have it like that. And, you know, I was, I was somewhere recently and um, there was a little kid there and I was chatting to him and, and his dad was with him but the dad told me after the dad had asked the son afterwards oh, who's that guy and, and the kid said oh he brings the Sam Maguire into the school every year you know it's just <laughs> just little things like that where people have just actually got used to the cup being around and are coming back every it's September October on. yeah and it, in some ways I suppose that it does help the team refocus maybe because you know traditionally it was very hard to retain an All-Ireland title you know it hadn't been yeah. done by many teams in the last 30 40 years and the, obviously 2011 you're on the crest of a wave but because the team has become so used to it, it does it, it have you noticed it help it helps refocus the team the last few years do they get back down to business very quickly there's no hangover from from, from yeah. all defeat no definitely i think if you look back i definitely think the, the impact of of what happened and what went on after 2011 definitely impacted the 2012 season you know and and Unfortunately, we found out too late, you know, when we were knocked out of the championship. So, so definitely it helps the preparation going into the following year. Yeah. Yeah. And go, 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 let's go back to the start, I suppose. The, the 2005 was probably your first yeah. step into a Dublin panel. But, you know, like Brian Fenton, if you want, your, your partner over the last few years, you you didn't play minor or under 21. You were kind of just plodding away. Were you, were you yeah. a Temple Oak or a singer man? Or where, I was, what was Temple Oak, yeah. And I was, um, you know, I would have... Underage, I, like I wouldn't have been a standout or star player. I was getting close to panels at minor and under twenty one, but they were always extended panels or getting cut towards the end. And never, never made 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 the grade. Unfortunately, you know. So I knew I was close and I was getting a taste of it, but was never able to break through at that stage. You know. And and what what do you think was the key difference? What were you lacking? 
I don't know. Maybe I wasn't good enough. You know, I would have felt obviously maybe coming from the club as well that you weren't getting the rub of the green at times, and maybe that's that's kind of maybe a wrong view to have. But I I thought I was close, and I thought, and I think even looking back over things now is. Guys just need a break, and some guys get a break, and some guys don't get a break, and and then you obviously have to take it. But I think there's not a lot of difference between maybe a lot of footballers out there, and then some guy gets the nod, and some guy doesn't get the nod, and pushes on. You know, I definitely see, see that that happening quite a bit. So, look, I had a couple of injuries. I, I you know, dislocated my shoulder. Two two shoulders had two operations in 2001, 2003. So they they knocked me back six months in each of those years, and I would have been around say 20 or whatever. So you know, they they were uh, serious injuries that just just put me back a bit. You know, and was was Gaelic football was it always your passion? Like you went to school in Terenure? Yeah. Was, was it something that was was it always your first sport, or was there other interests growing up, or? You know, I wanted, yeah. like, were you, were, did you find yourself always as driven by it as a kid? Like, was was it, was it your dream to wear that jersey in Crow Park? From that I think it eventually, or? yeah, I think it eventually became that way. You know, I was introduced to the sport through the school, and from that, from that, you know, I got my first taste of Crow Park playing the school's final, and kind of came on, and it kind of just grew and grew inside me. You know, and, and the more I, the more I played it, the more I enjoyed it, and the more you know, I, I just wanted to kind of get better and, and different things like that. And then, because you had more of an interest, you were you were your views were being opened up and you were seeing what was happening on the, the inter-county stage and stuff like that. But you know, I would have started off, played a small bit of soccer and then, then got involved in the in the GEA and then, you know, very early stage I kind of decided that, you know, mm. the football was the one for me. What 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 do you say to kids out there when you look back at your achievements and kids now that are driven to the field, they have to make development squads at 13, 14, 15 and mm. if they don't, you know, the, it can be a huge knockback for them in terms of their confidence and failure at a young age. They, they're, they're, they feel they're not going to kick on. Yeah, look, it's... Because you're the perfect example of somebody that came yeah. late in the day. Mm, look, I just think there's a huge amount of pressure and more so pressure being put on kids to perform. And, you know, if you look at my own, it's, it's not to be all and end all, but that's very difficult when there's development panels out there and... You know, guys are being called in from clubs and different things like that. And, you know, because we've got some sh- such huge numbers, more often than not now in the county, you're going to have more guys who are going to be let go and dropped off teams rather than the 15 or 30 players are going to play on these development teams. Or, you know, so I just think it's about kind of keeping lads involved and keeping them interested. I think that's that's the major focus. And, and it's difficult because when you lo- look at underage games, you know, there's such a focus on winning and performing and stuff like that. And... and for managers and coaches and maybe if I get into that and I'm running an underage team I'll be the exact same way because I'm kind of driven to win so I know it's difficult to try and have that mentality of just keep the kids involved keep them active and, and, and see what happens then after that if you know ideally it'd be great to get someone on the Dublin panel and, and to win all Ireland but I think it's not really about that is it or is yeah well it's, listen that's one of the challenges within the current game you mm. know what I mean the competitive edge kicks into kids no matter you know what yeah. age that they are the kids want to win yeah. uh, but you know I think there's been a lot of talk about the, the development squads and maybe too much importance and significance being put on the development squads that maybe the kids should be developing within their own clubs uh, yeah. you know rather than being taken out of that in club, club environment yeah. uh, when they're so young the, the, on the flip side of that I suppose what, it, what it's it's given an input into 
some really great coaches and, and training and stuff like that where, where maybe they're not getting that in the club or you know because very much volunteers are helping out and they may not be skilled but they, they may be the parents of the kids and stuff like that and everybody yeah, needs to volunteer so. yeah yeah a lot of a lot of the parents that are dragged in yeah and have the expertise but going back to 2005 that was when there was a significant turn in terms of your inter-county yeah. career tell us about the the story around leash and going for a leash trial and Mick O'Dwyer being involved. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that go? I know your parents obviously are, are from leash, but yeah. what, what happened in around that time? Um, so I would have, because my club was intermediate, I would have been playing with the Dublin juniors uh, each year, probably in the run-up to that because I was eligible to play for them. But look, I, I got a phone call from a guy who was, who was just come on as a selector. He would have known the family down around Leash and he would have known, uh, known I, was, I was playing football at a, at a fairly decent level up here. And he and he invited me down to, to train. Mick would come in and obviously looking for new players and things like that. And look, I, I wanted to play inter-county football. That, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to play in Crow Park and I wanted to, I suppose, test myself against the best, really. And, and so I got an opportunity to go down. Went down and I was, I felt I was I was holding my own and, and doing well down there. And So you were down a good few times, a good few trials. Yeah, times, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Under, and, uh, under Mikko's guidance. Under Mikko's guidance, yeah. Right. So a lot of that time would have been more around matches and stuff for like that. So he'd come in and, you know, there was a lot of games going on, so not so much drills and stuff for like that. It was more like trying to see suss out players and stuff. So I was coming down. And, um, and then I get the call, I get the call from from Davy Billings one day or one evening and, and you know, he, he invited me out and, uh, you know, this is the call I, I always wanted, you know, so, and I and I think I, I never got a chance to ask him, but, um, you know, I think the call came because I was playing for Leash or down there at Leash, it wasn't yeah, because I was, I, 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 I was going to touch on that because I remember being out of train and I remember Dave Billings hearing that, you know, this guy from Dublin had gone down to Leash. Yeah. Dave being, you know, the passionate blue man yeah, that he yeah. was and wore his heart on his sleeve, didn't want, you know, any yeah. opposition to get a, a kind of an upper hand on us because Leach yeah, were, yeah. were very prominent yeah. in Leinster at the time, you know. Yeah. They, they'd won a Leinster championship on their belt. They were competing in Leinster finals. Um, and I remember, remember him actually referencing you at the yeah. time, saying he's down there. We, and so he yeah, intervened yeah. To, to, yeah. To, to, to pull you back. Was it an easy choice? <laughs> yeah, like to be honest, and uh, because of of where I got, I I felt that I, you know, that I owed it to to Leash and, and to Miko itself. And I after I got the phone call, I I went to Miko straight away, and I said, look, Mick, Miko, I'm after getting the call, and and they're looking for me to come in train. And, and I asked how did that conversation go? What did Miko have to say? He said, go. I think it's the right thing to do. I think you should right. go there. You know, and I and I, I don't think it's because. I wasn't good enough to play there. I think because that's how he felt. Now I, I never asked him, or I never got to really understand why. But he, he advised me to go, go with Dublin. You know, so and then the rest is the rest, rest is history. history. Yeah. And from there, you came into the panel in two thousand five. Yeah. You know, count you know count your under twenty one experience, no. and you made your debut in Alma. Yeah, my league <laughs> debut the following. Following year two thousand six, wasn't yeah, it? In, yeah. in, in in the battle, the, the battle of Alma. Yeah, it um, was a great game. <laughs> it was a fantastic game. Do you remember going up on the bus and? Yeah, well, I said, listen, I know it's well documented. We we went up, I think, with an agenda at the yeah, time. We yeah. were, there was a there was a spillover from the two thousand five quarter final, yeah. um, and I think we all had a fair idea that uh, 
yeah. it was going to be tense uh, and it became tense. But you, you, you ended up in the dock with myself and a few others on, yeah. on your debut. You got a, you, you yeah. got your first red card that day. You got sent off late in that game, didn't you? Yeah, and it was a good red card to get because I picked up two yellows and the rest of some of your guys got suspensions and stuff for that. And because I got oh, you didn't red, get suspended. No, I right? got the red card on the day, so <laughs> I was fine. I, I missed all that. So, um, yeah, I was eligible for the next game, which was great. Yeah. And, and going back to that time... Um, there was probably a likability within the management of, of the physical approach that you brought to the game. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, that's something you learn to control in the in the in the in the latter part of your career. Mm. But at that time, in those first few years, when you're brought into the Dublin panel, it was a problem, wasn't it? It got to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. You know about. Club and county, you know. I don't know what it, what it was about me or, or whatever, you know. I, I I wasn't the the most physical, you know. I, I was I was light enough and stuff like that, you know. But I think what I did have is, you know, maybe the fifty fifty balls that other guys wouldn't go for and stuff like that. That I was maybe brave or I would I would you go throw, into you throw your full yeah, yeah. body everything into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that maybe that was maybe appealing. But on the flip side of that then I I also didn't like to back down from anything, you know. So if someone was you know, was getting the upper hand or, you know, it got 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 the better of me in a certain tackle or situation, then you know, I wanted to retaliate, you know. I didn't I kind of felt like, you know, I couldn't be seen to be overpowered or or, or you know, yeah, it was standing, like it was standing your ground, but it, it like it, it, in an ironic type of way. While the management team of that time probably embraced that yeah. type of player, um, come two thousand and seven, when you sit yeah. down with Pillar to say that he's dropping you from the panel, it's it's your discipline yeah. that's used as kind of the reason for you for you, for 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 your exit in the panel. Yeah, so. There's a bit, there's irony in there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. But like, you know, I I remember as I was told that you know going out to the Carlo game that this was this was a chance for me. I was starting the game and, and stuff like that, and you know to mind my discipline and and I end up getting sent off for a silly. And do you think that was the final? Like that was the final straw for Pillar. That's the you said. Listen, this guy is yeah. Is, well, if is, is a liability. I I remember. I actually remember. You know in during those years in 05 and 06 and we'd be training and preparing for championship matches and and we used to have our a versus b game on a saturday morning and and davy billings and pillar used they used to stop they used to pull you out of the middle of the park because they were afraid you were going to injure yeah. yourself or shane ryan yeah. and stuff like that and it's times that i don't know they, you were left sitting on the sideline yeah. you know what i mean because yeah. were they were actually afraid you were going to come at 100 miles an hour a couple of seconds late and absolutely wipe the floor at some yeah. time. But were, were you were you aware of that <laughs> look I, I was aware that i wasn't you know making inroads you know at that time and i was aware of the competition i was up against i never i never went out to to do anyone a training or anything like that I definitely didn't but I, I definitely didn't maybe hold back you didn't hold back yeah you know yeah, and yeah. I kind of s- I've I've seen uh, none of us were yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't see it yeah. you know 
uh, we we all had that edge to our games, you know what I mean. But it was yeah. ironic like, at that time. He went. I'm, mm. I particularly remember, particularly when it got to championship yeah, week. Closer, you know, yeah, yeah. it was kind of hold Dennis back because yeah. he could kill somebody. You know, and I felt <laughs> it afterwards. Obviously, when I was in those dominant positions playing on the team, where you'd have your last maybe run around or last match, and in the back of your mind, maybe at times you might be holding back and stuff, and then the guys are trying to get on the team aren't you know? But yeah. I think looking back now, I think. I think you need to go full out all the time, yeah. you know. And then maybe it was easier f- for us later on because we had such a, s- a stronger team or a stronger bench for guys to come in. Maybe not not so much at that time, you know. So when Pillar sits down with you in two thousand seven and he says, "Dennis, I'm letting you yeah. go." What's the emotion for those? Yeah, oh, it's a devastation, you know. So that's what three three years being around the scene, around the panel, and. You know, growing as a as a player and learning all the time. You know, that's that's really I was I was getting exposed to, you know, quality training, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. If you call nutrition going into the goblet eating <laughs> desserts and carbs <laughs> at ten o'clock at night, yeah. But um, you know, I was completing utter de- devastation. You know, for me, you know, and I think it's embarrassment as well in your family. Like everybody kind of knows in your club that you're out there and you're, I suppose you're on the Dublin panel, and and now you you have to tell them that. Yeah. No, you're not anymore. And did you think in your head, okay, you had to reevaluate your approach to the game, or was it just was there a determination to say I prove them wrong, or was um, it a combination of both? I had to. I was. Did you agree with his assessment at the time? Like, look, when a manager tells you, you know, to to, to watch your discipline and you go out and get sent off, you know, you can't have any complaints about that. You know, for, for me, it was. That was one element of my game, and I, and I knew I had to keep some element or a part of that element that because that was one of the reasons I I got to that stage. So I knew I couldn't just throw throw everything out the window and become maybe a, a soft player overnight or stuff like mm. that. You know, I knew I had to to learn some way how to how to manage my manage my anger and manage uh, you know my my reaction really. You know, and did you do anything in particular? I did, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I I went and got some got some help in that that particular area and worked on it over a period of time and and you know and tried to bring. I was obviously playing with the club. Tried to try to bring new elements and new new pieces to my game on that side of it. Trying trying to introduce them and controlled aggression more yeah, so. And, and yeah. So two thousand eight then is the junior yeah. run. Um, so the positive from your perspective was, you know, I can still wear the county jersey and mm. and I can still play junior football, and it turned out to be a really positive year. Yeah, we got a great management team in at that time, and you know, I suppose they were familiar where I was coming from, and they give, they put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of support into me, into or an honour into me, giving me the honour of captain of that team, you know, and and with that. The discussions were quite clear as well around the discipline piece at that stage. It was a case of you know you're you're captain now. You need to be, you know, leading the team, and you're no good on the sideline. And that. So, look, I knew over the past few years that the the management senior management team would have always been looking at those games, and there would have been guys on the seniors coming back and playing on, on that team as well. So, you know, I knew it was it was a kind of a shop window. Mm. And that turned out it was a huge, obviously successful year then to go on and win win that yeah. All Ireland. But like. Yeah. That must have been a huge boost after the disappointment. You know, was it about making a statement and saying, because you put yourself back in the shop window? In yeah, terms of yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And and I knew, and I was getting, I suppose, the attention. Obviously, the added 
addition of, of being a, the captain of the team as well and stuff like that. And, you know, I remember we, we played before the seniors in Crow Park and stuff like that, like more or less a, an empty Crow Park. And I knew after that game, I was watching you guys afterwards and stuff like mm. that, you know, it kind of hits home a bit. You're at a certain level now, but there's there's a level ahead of you there as well. If you can just stay going on, but we had a fantastic team, you know, really really good team, and you know that was the reason why we ended up winning. So 2009, Giller comes through the door. Yeah, you're back in the panel. Back in the panel, yeah. And we do those trials out in Inishvale. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> remember <laughs> the, um, them? Yeah. The inter club competition. Yeah, he dragged us out in the middle of winter. Um, but you're you get back in the squad. Mm-hmm. We've a problem with full back. Yeah. And he throws you in there. Yeah, it was clear from the start. He, he he told me from day one, I'm looking at your full back nowhere else. This is where I want you to play. And and, and he supported me. He, he put me in there and he gave me time and, and game time and stuff like that. And for that year, I played every minute of every game, you know, right away to the end, all through the league and stuff like that. So. And a, a hugely specialist position to play. Hugely difficult position to play. Yeah. You had no experience in, in it. I would have played underage, yeah. I would have played back. Under, yeah, a full back, yeah. So. Right. I think that was maybe you know when you can kick out the ball for it and the keeper at underage, you know, <laughs> so you go in there. But no, look at yeah, hugely special. And most of the time, you're 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 dealing with a sharpshooter on the other team, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah. very very. Uh, well, like it was, you know, Paddy Christie had held that position for a long time, mm. and it, it, it's it comes with huge pressure. Yeah. Uh, as you say, you're up against a top quality forward, but you you handle it incredibly well, um, and that kind of was your. I'm sure that that gave you the confidence to build, yeah. get back within the Dublin squad. You know, as you say, playing every minute of that year yeah. was it, was that an experience you enjoyed? Despite the Kerry game, obviously up to up to we all we all felt yeah. the brunt of the the, the the Kerry game that year. But up to that, it was in were you enjoying that role? Oh, completely. Like I was, I was playing week in week out with Dublin, you know, and I was competing against the other teams and. You know, you're you're involved in everything. You know, there is a huge difference in how you feel whether you're you're on the bench and playing games. You know, and as a, as a player, so here I was, and, and week in week out, I was getting the chance. And some days were going well, some days weren't. But we we done really quite well. We we actually hadn't given away a goal, um, in that year up to up to the, in the championship anyway, up to, up to the to Kerry, game. Kerry game. Was it a position you would have liked to continue in, or was it always your appetite to get back out to the middle of the park? The thing I like about the the middle of the park is that you're involved so much, you know, both kickouts and stuff like that. So much goes through that, and, and you have much more impact. Whereas at full back, you're you're really trying to focus on one guy and, and try and mark them out of the game. So look, my preference was was definitely midfield, but and you see a guy like Rory O'Carroll who's just an out and out full back, you know, really mm. top of his game. And I think for that position, someone needs to want to play there. You can't be putting guys in there from other positions to to. To fill up, I think the the full back needs to want to play full back, you know. Mm. So obviously, then moving towards Giltruk, Giller's era, um, yeah. where was the turning point for you? Where did you suddenly leave training one night and say, "This team ha- now has something different that's going to turn a corner"? Uh, if you look at the, you know. 2009 was was a disaster for us when you when we thought we were going okay, you know. 2010, looking at the Cork semi-final and then watching Cork going on and winning the All-Ireland in that year, that was that was a kind of an eye-opener to know how close we, we were. You know, I think we definitely would have acquitted ourselves well in that final had we made it. 
and we knew that there was certain mistakes that we made in that semi-final that could have gotten us over the line in that game. So mm. I think that's when you kind of realise that there's there's not a whole lot mm. in the difference now between us and, and the rest of them. What, the change of style in football from Giller when he when he took more defensive approach. Yeah. Was that something that was significant? You know, Dublin had lost heavily in mm. 09, you know, 08. Um, yeah. But he, 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 like he, when when you when you benchmark the current team that you left in terms of mm. how it plays the game and how it attacks yeah. and the philosophy they have against um, the philosophy yeah, that yeah. Pat had that year yeah. in terms of trying to get over the line, they're yeah. kind of at two ends of the scale. Like the team has evolved in terms of its yeah, approach, completely, but completely, you know, yeah. I think probably Pat use the players that were at his disposal you know and use them in the right way to get get the results that was needed and i think at that time we needed if you can get your defense right and keep the scores down you're in with a you're in with a great great shout you know and i think that's what what he focused on there the more defensive aspect and we had really good sharpshooters at the time so it was a case of keep it nice and tight and then risk it out up front then and so when jim comes in he changes philosophy yeah what did you think at the time um, I think it wasn't just a, a complete out and out. Let's let's go for it, you know. But the team had probably evolved from say twenty eleven to twelve, and and coming into thirteen, we had a great influx of the under twenty one guys who were able to come mm. through and bring that that pace and that 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 electric kind of element that they were bringing with them as well, you mm. know. So, it was, but there, like, was there there was a shift in terms? of, Okay, we we won in two thousand eleven, which which got the monkey off the mm. back essentially. Yeah. But then there was a you know okay there was the the expected dip in 2012, mm. which came obviously with the history of yeah. not achieving what we needed to achieve and the hangover from 2011. But in, in 2013, all of a sudden, then this team kicks on to another mm. level and starts convincingly beating teams uh, and look relentless in their approach. Yeah. Uh, and it was like it was, there was a sudden shift in gears when, when Jim comes in in 2013. Yeah. I wouldn't have viewed the, the year of, of being that we were at that stage yet in that first year because if you look back, I suppose it was very close. We were lo- were we losing in half time against Kerry in the semi final in, in twenty thirteen. You know, we we kind of well, that was the game. That the, was the, the three goals. And yeah. The, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, so it, I, I know, but 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 potentially up to that. Yeah, like it was a very attacking philosophy. And yeah, that probably. Show then probably in the Kerry game and the subsequently the Donegal game the yeah. following year where Jim Jim kind of realigned the whole setup. Yeah, but it was a it was a huge difference in approach. You know what I mean in yeah. terms of playing attacking football compared to what we what, what we had the done. strength in the team to to back ourselves to go man to man. Really, you know that was yeah. it. You know when you when you back your fifteen players to to outplay and a lot of the game is really if you beat your own man you're you're in with a good chance and I think that's the team had that. A philosophy, but the team had that ability that each of the guys would go out and and you'd be sure that ten or eleven of the guys are going to come out on top against their men. In their battles, yeah. And then you know, then mm. then you can go all um, out. In 2013, and great rivalry, obviously between Kerry and Mayo yeah. over the over the last five six years. Who were your toughest opponents? Um, you know, definitely, you'd have to think. I suppose that the biggest battles came with Mayo with a couple of replays and stuff like that, you know, but I think the, the fear was probably there with Kerry more, definitely because of maybe their history, maybe the going back over the years that 
when we were losing, I suppose that would have been fresh in my mind, you know, between mm. the 05 and, and, and 10. Like, during those years, we were getting beaten, except for 2006, we were getting beaten by the eventual winners, you know. Mm. So, and that, that was still probably fresh in the mind that I suppose Kerry had that, you know, that history and, the, you know, the they knew how to win games too and win finals. On the flip side of that, was there a psychological weakness in Mayo that you felt Dublin could could latch on to? Yeah, they you're were, always they, looking they, for they, the little they pieces. They were that team to, that, were, that were knocking that couldn't get there. Yeah, that's the, what I would have found through the years. My biggest, uh, my biggest disappointment was for when you'd see a team that would really put so much effort and desire and will into beating you as as a Dublin team, and then not carrying that forward into the next game, and you know that that's that would have been disappointing for me or tough for me to take that people can have such drive and enthusiasm and willpower to to beat you as a team and not maybe carry that through to the to the final and go on and win, you know. That's a that's a a, a, a thing mentality against the dubs per yeah. se but there was there was there was a there was an edge there with this this Dublin and Mayo rivalry there's a there's a there's a nasty edge to it isn't there they're both two teams wanting the same thing you know and not willing to, to take a backward step um, mm. and like there's there has to be there, there's a great um, you know there's a there's a great feeling towards Mayo knowing knowing that you're going to go out and they're going to put you to pin your collar you know there's, there's a great respect there for, for that team the way they're able to handle us and they get written off so many times and maybe that was like us in the years gone by where, where teams are writing off us as, as the as the nearly men or you know people who are going to, going to flop and the way they play and the way they can come back in and, and put it up to Dublin and it goes down to the wire each time or level games you know it's a huge respect Do you think they've been unlucky? Or have they made bad decisions at bad times? Uh, I, I'd be reluctant to use the words unlucky because you don't... No you make team, your own luck. Yeah, you make your own luck and, and no team deserves to get. But definitely Dublin have got the run of the green in, in different scenarios, different situations. But, you know, you look back and when and you see when you definitely you critique games where you've, you've lost and you definitely look back at... Um, some of the things that happened during the Mayo games and you think that if they had done something different there, the, the outcome could have been very different. Or, you know, not singling out, but the sending off there of last year, you know, that was a huge mm. pivotal moment in that game. And, and you'd, you, I would have struggled to see if how we would have coped had we gone 14 against 15, you know, mm. with yeah. them playing so well. Mm. So little things. But one of the things that Jim talks about regularly is the, is the culture of leadership within the group and the players themselves. Mm. Um, talk to me about that. Like, uh, there, there's obviously the the players within this group that is that has just delivered the third dollar in the, in a row. Take a lot more ownership of analysis preparation, you know, and where they can improve. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that's evolved over the last number of years, where the more and more onus is coming from the group itself. You know. Mm. Jim isn't the manager that's going to come in and shout his head off and, and roar and shout. You know, it's not about that. It's about everybody knowing what their job is, how to do it and stuff like that. But when it comes down to, to training and, and stuff like that, the, the drive has to come from within the team. And that's what that's what's currently there at the moment. You know, you, there's no guys cutting, or you like to think there's no guys cutting corners or not going around a cone in a sprint and stuff like that, you know. And, and that drive is coming from 
one guy being pushed on by the next guy being pushed on by the next guy and stuff like that you know and that the leadership element doesn't have to be a guy standing up and give, giving a speech to the team the leadership is is the guy who's first out and he's you know practicing whatever he needs to work on something that didn't go well the last day or leadership is the guy who's picking up the cones or bringing in the gear bag you know when they went helping out the, the kit man and stuff like that you know and 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 you're dead right what you're saying is that something that has kind of just evolved and built into the dublin setup under jim's watch or you know it has was it the maturity of the players was it the foundations of success to try and be the best we can and and and, and defend our title so we have to improve each year? Uh, where, where, like, I think it's a combination of all those. I don't think there was, you know, there was an instruction when Jim came in as all right, everybody has to be leaders or the leadership has to grow and stuff like that. It's, it's a combination of Jim's obviously input on how how the team needs to to operate, and then coming from players themselves and and it's actually the the individuals involved. So you look at all these guys and they're. You know they're competing at the top level and they're they're trying to improve themselves all the time. So it's a case of they're trying to be better. They're trying to do more for Dublin, do more for themselves, and, and they're kind of driving that that themselves. If that mm-hmm. if that answers the question. Yeah. And it, last year, three in a row, fantastic achievement, brilliant for the county. Would the team have been disappointed with some of the criticism that was thrown mm-hmm. at the team, or were they recognised enough? for delivering that train around. I was personally I was probably a bit disappointed the narrative that was coming after the game um, a lot of the focus was was probably on how close Mayo were rather than, than Dublin winning it you know and that's that's just a personal opinion for myself you know being involved in the group but look the guys involved are not looking for that recognition from, from the outside you know um, mm. you know they're trying to succeed and trying to do well and ultimately that was the end goal was to win that game no matter how that happens so you know if the coach and management team are happy the fans are happy and, and the families and friends are happy you know I think that's that's Does it drive them for next year though? Yeah, I think I think the drive is coming from within. The drive is coming from, you know, a lot of people are. You talk about the three in a row, but there's guys last year who won their first All Ireland. You know, mm. playing on the mm. pitch. There's guys who haven't played on the pitch yet who want to win their first All Ireland playing on the pitch. So the drive is coming from, from the group. It's not. It's. I can't see the you know people letting the foot up off the gas because they've won three in a row or some mm. guys there with their five All Irelands. That's not the type of guys that are involved in this team. You you've seen over your lengthy intercounty career, starting in two thousand and five, I suppose, when when we were beginning to win Leinster's again, and the levels of preparation increased in two thousand and five, even to where they were and, and and kept developing. It's now gone to in a serious, intense level of preparation where you say your your life is is controlled, you know. 12 years ago 13 years ago you did have some sort of ownership around your your life outside of football there's obviously a lot of challenges out there where where do, where where does it stop and what's your opinion it, it has a, is it going to a, a level where it's going to become unsustainable um Look, it's always going to be around, so it's going to be there. So in terms of unsustainable, like the GEA is just going to continue on no matter what. The the commitment levels, you know, they've definitely increased and incre- and are increasing, steadily increasing. And, and it's because there's there's so much to learn from, say, other sports and how things are done in other ways that you're always trying to get an edge and whether that be true, you know, you're 
your video work and your 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 homework and the meetings and stuff like that that's also that that's increased you know i just think that like many hours a week is inter-county football consuming in a, in a player's life now i would say there's, there's definitely 30 hours a week you know if you're taking your travel time to train and stuff like that you know last year i was trying to get to train and around maybe half five you know um, and then you'd be could be leaving at quarter past ten half ten at night you know mm. um, and, and they were certain obviously with the meetings and stuff like that, that that's what was happening and then that was just you know one evening but you're trying to do something and, and what a lot of people at, at the top level are trying to do is they're trying to do things during the day that's going to help them as a player and help them perform so you know there's guys apart from the the, the, the hours that they're involved in the group but there's guys doing pool sessions rehab sessions getting massages different things like that you know doing maybe extra boxing sessions for fitness work or cardio or shooting practice stuff like that there's a lot of stuff that's going on on the outside mm. for players and what was what, what's your opinion when you you take that all that time mm. and all that investment and all those extra sessions and it's great Dublin are winning yeah what about the teams are having a, a hope yeah. like where where, where 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 do you see the game moving if we're are we getting to in a stage where we have five or six elite teams that are just operating on a different level. Yes. It's like, extremely difficult. Com coming from a player's point of view, there are probably players out there who are going out at the start of the year and who don't have a chance to, to win the All-Ireland. That's not being disrespectful. And I would find that very difficult f for those guys to, to have the desire to put the same time and effort in when, the, when their results and their awards aren't there for those for mm -hmm. those guys. So... Like you've probably seen the you know mm. if you go back you've seen it over the spanning over your career, even if you take the Leinster teams when yeah. you know oh five oh six were very competitive with Dublin and now you're mm. going out in a Leinster championship match and it's like if you use the word boring, it's boring because Dublin yeah. are so far ahead, the other teams don't have the belief in themselves. Do they have the best players even on the pitch representing them? You know, yeah, it, it's. The gap it seems to be growing all the time. Yeah. And within Dublin, do we need to ask ourselves an honest question? Is is that good for the the overall game, despite the fact Dublin are being successful? But what do you do? What's the what's the answer to, to changing that? You know, if you look at other sports, there's always going to be your your high performing teams or your teams are achieving uh, every couple of years compared to the ones down the bottom. So if you take the Premiership teams or the, the Spanish league and the soccer, you know, you've got your couple at the top and your and your couple down the bottom and stuff. Is that just the natural way that, that sport is, or you know, you're gonna have your divides and inability there? But I think for for the there needs to be something done in terms of you know the spectacle, like we just said about the Leinster games and stuff like that. We're not enticing people to come out and watch the game. You know, that's there's no. I suppose joy out there, but and it's not that's not the team's fault. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, completely. Yeah. You know, but if you yeah. look look at how how exciting the national league games are, you know, where you've mm -hmm. got a your division one, your division two, where where the teams are pitted against teams of of uh, likewise abilities, you know, and there's some cracking games and close games and and things like that. There doesn't seem to be many one sided games in the league, you know, where you, you get that in the championship. So. Is that changeable? That's not for us to. We're not going to be able to, to change that at all. But the, yeah, I think it's it is a struggle in terms of commitment, and you, I 
definitely think you're going to see it leaning towards you're going to have more and more students less less older people you know or, or like more, you like yeah <laughs> yeah of playing because what tends to happen is your career might move on or your family life might move on so as, as you get older and, and then that's just extremely difficult to, to manage so where do you see the current team that you've just stepped aside from where what what what's the outlook for them I think anything's possible with the team, you know. Like you still have to look back and see that any of the All Irelands that were won, they were won by narrowest of margins, you know. I think is there an average of what we won one All Ireland by three points yeah, or something yeah, against point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everything else. So it's not to get carried away. I know even though we've got three All Irelands in a row, like it's there's fine margins in those games, and it's very easy you get the day that that things go wrong for you. Someone gets sent off, or you hit the post and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're gone and you're you're back to square one. So, but at the same time, the ability is is within that group, definitely within that group, and we've got new players coming through all the time as well, which is going to increase the competition. I was going to ask you about that. Who 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 do you see as the three or four key players? You know that the it's frightening to think that the Kieran Kilkenny's and the Brian Fenton's, you know, are twenty four years of age yeah. and are now leaders kind of nearly within yeah. the group. You know, uh, who who's the next wave to come through? Because it's it's it, it's very difficult to break into that team. You know, for any young player, yeah. there's been a lot of brilliant talent mm. knocking around the edges of the panel for the last four yeah. or five years, and that guys that were top class minors, twenty ones, club players, but it's very, very difficult to get in and get ownership of that jersey. Completely, you know, if you look at maybe in other counties where you've got some standout under twenty one guys to be brought up to senior and to be playing on the senior team, whereas the senior team is so strong it's very difficult for the under twenty one guys to, to break in unless they're exceptional obviously like like Khan. But you know, I I'd be looking to name players, you know, to see who's gonna break through. But what you do have is you know, what I found over the years, the guys are coming ready to play. I don't think I was ready to play for Dublin when I got onto the panel and I was mid-twenties. You know, the guys are coming through now. Yeah. Tell me more about that when you say not ready. In what way? Um, I think the tra- the training that they've, they've gone or the guys who've, you know, been exposed to, to playing on minor and playing on under-21 teams. Conditioning, yeah. Because mm. there's not a lot of difference in... I suppose what's been done at that age and what's been done to the senior team, you know, it's very much the knowledge is passed down to the teams and mm. and it's very much open of of what's the right thing to do and right type of training. So there's guys coming in and they're physically able to to do that um, and step in straight away is what we've seen, you know, with with Kieran and Colin you know, and yeah, Colin and Martin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I just think that that maybe wasn't the case uh, some years ago and that is the case now. So. You know, you're probably looking at, you know, there's not going to be an overhaul change in the team, but you're you're going to see guys coming and, and, you know, the way the game is played now with your six substitutes and stuff like that that Jim always puts on, you're going to have guys, you know, playing more time and, and getting a case of do you, do you change a team and you give a guy two guys a half each rather now to, to be at their full, full strength mm-hmm. and going full out against the opposition rather than playing a guy till 60... 60 minute and then giving a the guy game time so right, so it's evolving as well yeah, yeah. all evolving so what does the future hold for Dennis Bastic obviously you've got Aidan Claire Jane at home Jody at home young family yeah uh, can we see you staying involved in the blue jersey or is there a bit of time out uh, is coaching on the horizon it's an interesting one because as a you know definitely 
you know, you'd like to think that you would have picked up some some tips or learned a lot along the way on the journey. But for me right now, it's I suppose I've, I've been out of the household for such a long time and for, for many hours that uh, the focus has to be on, you know, spending spending time with the kids and the family, you know, especially over the last couple of years, you know, I wasn't able to put them to bed and stuff like that, you know, and having that being around actually in the house now is just you know it's great to be able to see them spend more time so you know that's that's my number one focus at the moment and then from that stage you know maybe maybe Aiden will get into the football and I think what happens then once you have a child involved you, you get stuck managing that team and the way it is but yeah look I'd, I'd love to be involved in some way down the line in the future but you know at, at the focus at the moment has to be you know, focusing on the career, you know, I would have, I suppose, parked some of the areas of not being able to give 100% commitment to what was, I was playing on the career side and, you know, there has to be a huge focus now on that, trying to drive that on and be successful there as well as... And the body body feels good, you've come out of it relatively unscathed, apart from from all the tape in which the lads refer to. I wouldn't say that's gone, is it? It feels good now, but, um, you know, I'm getting by, I'm getting by, I'm going back, obviously playing with the club and that's, I'm going to hopefully have a good year there, you know, I'd like to stay injury free, it's, you know, what I am looking forward to is is the fact, you know, you would have only played a couple of games with the club throughout the year and to go back and to be able to, you know, play week in, week out, hopefully if, if, if everything goes well, you know, that's I'm looking forward to that. And touching on something I spoke with Alan Brogan about a few weeks ago, is it a strange dynamic going back to the club in that a lot of your generation are probably gone? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Like, yeah, definitely. Like that's so. what people forget about an intercounty player that's gone. He's taken Elvis club. He's dropped in the intercounty yeah. centre for ten years, and then he returns. And all those the fellas that he grew up playing with are gone. Completely. Yeah, they're all whether they've it's one of the dropped down. Yeah, really, yeah, dropped down onto to, or onto the junior team or they're waddling around playing junior football. Beer bellies hanging out. Yeah, well, maybe I'll get one of them <laughs> as well. But, uh, yeah, that that is big. And so I'm going back down. But look, I've I've there's a, there's an onus on me, you know, having come back from the intercounty scene to you know, make sure that I'm, I'm able to give back to the club and, and, and impart some knowledge on, on the team and try and help people on, on that side as well. So, you know, that that's very important for me that I go and do that as best I can, even if even if maybe as much enjoyment because my own age group isn't isn't around, you know, that's mm. I'm just going to have to get on with that part. Well, of listen, it. thanks for coming in today. I think that certainly two things that stand out, I don't think there will be many inter-county players that will continue to play with two young children at home uh, like you have done for the last couple of years and also as I said I think you've set a record in terms of delivering five All-Ireland medals uh, in your 30s a remarkable achievement and great to have you in today thanks thanks thanks. very much thanks Karen